Awesome. Thank you so much, Jacob. How is everybody this morning? Are we good? Who's surviving the heat? I remember a few weeks ago, I stood right here and I said, the hotter the better. And now four days in of 40 degrees heat, I feel like I'm eating my words a little bit. But anyway, praise God for aircon and pools and, and uh, ice creams and cold bottles of water, hey? Awesome. So we're um, the third week into our series, Away in a Manger, and we're just going to kick off uh, firstly with a clip this morning, if you just turn to the screen. When I was a kid, there was this one day I was troubled about something. I don't even remember what it was. My father noticed, and um, he comes over to me, and he places his hands on my head, and he says, Shalom, son. Do you know what that means? Yes, I nodded. I said, I meant peace. Then my daddy, he, uh, he knelt beside me and he took my face in his big calloused shepherd's hands. He said, yes, peace, but more. And then he put a finger on my heart and he said, Shalom, God's highest and most complete good be upon you. That is my prayer for you, my son. He left his staff with me and I've looked for it, what he mentioned. Shalom, all these years. When the angels came, there was no hint of wind, no clouds, just stars, so many stars. He showed himself to us suddenly. And there was an angel brighter than stars who spoke and said, do not be afraid. I have good news. Your savior has, your savior has been born. And he lies in a manger. And then quiet as if the whole world is waiting to breathe. A savior, God's highest and most greatest good for us, for me. And then suddenly, multitudes of angels shattered, shattered the silence, saying, glory, glory, glory. God is on earth. His peace on earth. My father's prayers, I've seen Finally, shalom, peace. 
Awesome. I'm just going to pray. Lord, we just uh, thank you for who you are, Father God. We thank you for your word, Lord. We pray that your word would go forth this morning, Lord. We commit everybody uh, here this morning into your care, Lord, and we thank you for every single person, Lord, and we pray a blessing over them, Lord, right now in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, for um, many years before I knew God, I was searching, and I didn't quite know what I was searching for, but I was just searching. I was looking, I was searching, uh, searching in all the wrong places, but just trying to find something. And, uh, but each place I looked, uh, I pulled up empty. I pulled up unfulfilled. I pulled up not satisfied. Uh, I couldn't find what I was looking for, yet I kept searching and I kept looking. And I know many of us uh, can relate. You know, we all uh, have searched, and some of you may still be searching. You know, searching for something, yet you don't quite know what it is. Uh, And we all know people that are searching too, don't we? And we watch them search in all the wrong places, and we're watching them search, and, and, uh, and they're still not finding what they're looking for. You know, U2, the famous band, you know U2? They wrote uh, a famous song uh, called, I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For. The lyrics are this, I have run, I have crawled, I have scaled these city walls, but I still haven't found what I'm looking for, but I still haven't found what I'm looking for. You know, we've got to ask ourselves the question, what is it that people are searching for? What was I looking for? What are we looking for? And why is it so important that we find it? Uh, You know, the shepherd in the video, he said, I've been looking for that which my father mentioned all these years. He'd been looking for it his whole life and, and he was looking for this one thing and this one thing is shalom, peace. That's what we're looking for is peace. And it came on a holy night when Jesus Christ was born at Christmas time and this is why we celebrate Christmas because it came on that night. You know, another word for for peace is shalom, and shalom at its core means wholeness. It means completeness. It literally means what the Father prayed over the shepherd, that God's highest and most complete good be upon you and all associated with you. The Bible opens up with peace uh, as God creates the heavens and the earth in, in Genesis. He opens up with peace. And then he closes with peace as, he, as, as God sets the tone for eternity in Revelation. Yet so much happens in between. You've got Genesis where he opens with peace and you've got Revelation where he closes with peace. And so much happens in between. And this is where all the searching takes place. You know, when Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, the peace that God had planned for us all was broken. When they, ate that first, um, when they first ate that piece of fruit, when they took those first bites, when they bought, bit into that piece of fruit, was when peace was lost. Right at that very moment, and war was declared. You know, you've got to think, I hope they enjoyed that piece of fruit, right? <laughs> but the thief came as a ster- serpent to steal, kill and destroy. That's what he was doing on that day and he destroyed the peace that God had planned for all mankind, including you and me. Heavenly peace on this earth, as we're meant to know, which was God's original intention, was broken on that day. But only God could make a way to restore what had been taken and it all came down to one night in Bethlehem. How awesome is that? One night in Bethlehem and the unfolding of this peace plan took place. And so we're going to read from Luke chapter 2 this morning in verse 4. If you turn on your devices or open up your Bible or have a look at the screen. 
So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart, and the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. The start of the peace plan. Lying in a manger, a little baby, in Bethlehem on that holy night. The reason a saviour was born that day in the town of David was because something or someone needed saving. That was the reason. The earth and humanity, you and me, needed a saviour because peace had been broken. And it was a strategic plan by God to lead us back into peace. God's highest and most complete good that was intended for all people and those associated with them. And you know, John uh, puts it so clearly why the Son of God and the Saviour of the world came into the world at that time to put right what the devil had stolen at the very beginning. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 5, it says this, But you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins, and in him is no sin. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. The one who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. The one who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. That's good news this morning. He appeared to destroy the works of the devil. And you know, it's not hard to figure out the works of the devil in our world. If we just take a look around addictions that lead to breakup in families, you know, abuse that leaves people with internal and external scars. These are the works of the devil. Sickness and disease that lead to death that was never part of the original intention of God. Fear, shame and darkness that snuffs out any light leading to peace. These are the works of the devil. We just need to look around. Violence that escalates from mass shooting to suicide. Greed that leads to crime, corruption and then eventual cover-up. Racism that leads to isolation, mistrust, discrimination and injustice. Hatred that fuels tension. These are the works of the devil. 
And Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. This is why he came from heaven to earth. The purpose of Christmas was to lead to Easter, where Jesus would wage a holy war on the devil, destroying all his works and restoring peace back to mankind. You know, sin is the source of every conflict on this earth. Every conflict, the source is sin. And Jesus came to deal with sin once and for all. You know, we have all sinned. We all fall short of God's glory. Every single one of us. That's why we need Jesus. This is what Isaiah prophesied 700 years before Jesus was born on that holy night. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, it says, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Then we jump down to verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. I mean, how awesome is that? The Prince of Peace brings justice. The Prince of Peace brings righteousness. The Prince of Peace brings vindication to those that have been lost and are searching. Have you guys searched? Have you done your fair share of searching? searching around, looking in all the wrong places. A peace that we were originally created for, which was God's original intention. It comes with being in a right relationship with God and with others. And so then Isaiah continues to prophesy about the restoration of peace to people who have been targets of the devil for centuries. You know when your life's just a mess and it's going wrong? You're a target. The devil is out to get you. But Jesus came to restore that back, to destroy the works of the devil. And how the Prince of Peace can restore it through his own choice to suffer as a servant of God on behalf of his people. And the ultimate war for peace was settled by Jesus. In Isaiah 53 verse 5 it says this, But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. By his wounds we are healed. The cross is where Jesus made a way for peace to be experienced by us all, yet in its fullness, how God originally intended. The Prince of Peace is closely associated with the meaning of the word saviour. So saviour can be translated deliverer or preserver. So Jesus came to deliver people from the works of the devil and preserve the peace of God to the people so that the kingdom of God might be experienced on earth as it is in heaven. He came to give us peace to show us peace and to lead us into all peace. You know, it's interesting to note that just before uh, the birth of Jesus, his uncle Zechariah prophesies about his own son John, that John would help people, uh, point people to the path of peace through Jesus Christ. In Luke chapter 1, verse 76, it says this, And you, my child, would be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. You know, people are searching for this peace. 
People are out there looking and searching for this peace. It's what I was searching for all those years. I didn't know what I was searching for, but this was what I was searching for. You know, your family and friends are searching for it as well. They're searching for this peace and we have the answer. The answer is Jesus Christ. You know, the shepherd said he searched for many years for that which his father mentioned. He said he searched his whole life for that which his father mentioned, which was shalom, peace, wholeness, completeness in him, Jesus. And we find it when we meet Jesus. That's when we find it. That point when we come into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ is when we enter into that peace. And the shepherds met Jesus that night when the angels came to them out in the field. And then they went to Bethlehem, the scripture says in Luke, and they saw Jesus lying in a manger. And it's interesting to note the very first thing that they did after they saw Jesus lying in the manger, it says in Luke 2.17, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. So immediately they met Jesus, they saw Jesus and then they went out and they told people about this good news, about you too can have this peace. You don't have to keep searching any longer. Here it is, this is the answer. The answer is Jesus Christ. Just as John the Baptist pointed the way to the path of peace, we too get to point the way to the path of peace. You know, I knew my search was over when I met Jesus on the 27th of February 2001. I just knew it. As soon as I met Jesus, I gave my heart to the Lord. I was like, that's it. This is what I have been looking for all these years. I can't believe he's the answer. And this peace and this joy like never before. And I knew my search was over. Except then I got angry and you're like, what's wrong with you? You're so irrational. You have peace and joy and then you have anger. But I got angry because, because nobody ever told me about this until now. He was my answer and I've been looking everywhere and I only find out now. Praise God I found out then. But I was like, why didn't anyone tell me before? His name is Jesus. And the search was over when I entered into that shalom, that wholeness, that complete, completeness. Matthew chapter 9 verse 37 says, Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the labourers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out labourers into his harvest. You know God needs you. He needs me. The world needs you. Your family and friends need you. They need you to be telling them about the peace that you have in Jesus Christ. And if you're not in a personal relationship with Jesus this morning, then shortly we can give you that opportunity. You know, as I've been speaking, you may be, you may be thinking and, you know, you may be asking yourself the question, well, why am I not experiencing this peace? If Jesus came to this earth to bring, bring peace, where is my peace? Where is my shalom? Where is my wholeness? Where is my completeness? And so the first step is, as I just said, if you're not in a right relationship, is to take that first step and get into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and it's done through a simple prayer. You know, Romans chapter 10 says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, you shall be saved. And it's such a simple prayer. And I remember praying that prayer on the 27th of February and never looked back. I'm not saying I've been perfect, but it's a simple prayer and you enter into that relationship. But if you are in a relationship with God and you're wondering, well, where is my peace? Where is this peace that Jesus came to give me? 
It could be because you're on a path that Jesus never intended for you to be travelling on because of the subtle works of the devil. It's possible that you could, could have wandered down a path that you never intended to take a walk down. And these are the subtle works of the devil. You could be on a path that is leading you to deeper, into deeper and deeper debt instead of financial freedom. That's not a path of peace. You could be on a path that is leading you towards destruction of relationships instead of restoration and reconciliation. You could be on a path that is leading you to secrecy and not transparency. You could be on a path that's leading you to shade the truth a little bit. It's just a little white lie, it doesn't matter, instead of telling the whole truth. You could be on a path that is leading you uh, to taking and hoarding. You know, we're just talking about the tides. It's Christmas, I've got to keep it now. I've got to hold it all to myself. Instead of giving and sharing and putting God first, you could be on that path. You know, I'm sure the prodigal son lost his peace when he walked away from the father. He was with the father in his house and he walked away. Why? Because he wanted to do things his own way. And I'm sure, guaranteed, when he was sitting there with the pigs, was he sitting with the pigs? (laughs) He was sitting with the pigs. I'm sure he'd lost his peace. Why? Because he wanted to live and do things his own way. You know, you lose your peace when you're not walking in step with God. You can be in relationship with God but lose your peace when you're not in tune with the Holy Spirit, when you want to do things your own way. And how many of us want to do things our own way? We think it's the better way. (laughs) Rob put his hand up, the only one. You're so honest. You're on the path to honesty and transparency. That's good. but so you're on, you're on this path, which is the God path, but what happens is you just, you just get little knocks by the devil, you know. It doesn't matter. You don't need to tithe this week and you're this way. It's, it doesn't matter if I just look at this thing on the internet. I'm not looking at this, that thing, so that's okay. So I'm over here. And, it, and just these little tiny knocks and you keep getting knocked off before you find yourself over here when you should be over here. And these subtle little knocks by the devil just pushing you off course that you think isn't a big deal and you justify and you think it's okay and before you know it you're on a path that you never intended to walk down and you begin to lose your peace. But Jesus came to destroy the subtle works of the devil not just the blatantly obvious ones that I talked about before, the addiction and, the, and all of that stuff, but he came to destroy the subtle works as well. And so it's important that we're aware of these things, that we're aware, aware of our thoughts and our actions and our attitudes and behaviours that are subtly trying to push us off the path where we begin to be walking a different path instead of the one that God intended us to and we begin to lose our peace. And so I challenge you to ask yourself the question this morning, what path am I on? Am I on the right path today, this day? And more importantly, do I want to be on this path? But even more importantly, does God want me on this path? What do I need to start or stop doing today to get back to the path that God originally had me on? And they're just little things, you know, because that's the way the devil plays sometimes, you know. He's, he'll just do, you know, do just little things to push us to the side. You know, Jesus lived a perfect 
and sinless life in order to fire the final shot that would destroy all the works of the devil. And he became the perfect and sinless sacrifice for you and for me. So your sin is gone. He's taken it. It is no more. And his mercies are new and afresh every day. So we get to wake up and it's a new day. The Apostle Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13, But now in Christ Jesus, you who, who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. By setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations, his purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near." What Jesus did on the cross was to fill the purpose of why he was born in the first place. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 verse 9, and the team can come up. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 verse 9, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. You know, peacemaking goes beyond calling a truce in the middle of a fight. That's good, to call truce in the middle of a fight. You're the bigger person sometimes when you walk away. But peacemaking goes beyond that. The true peacemakers Jesus had in mind were the people who were seeking God's highest good for others. They're the true peacemakers, seeking God's highest good for others. Shalom, wholeness, completeness. And so maybe this Christmas you can give someone more than just a present in the physical. How cool is that? Okay, give them a gift, right? It's always nice to get gifts. Jacob loves gifts. But imagine giving a gift that lasts for eternity. Imagine them giving them the gift of peace. Imagine saying, hey, this is your answer. I can see you searching. I can see your life is broken. I can see that, that your family is dysfunctional. Well, maybe don't say that. <laughs> Sometimes he opens the right way. But I can see these things. And Jesus is your answer. Shalom, peace. That's why he was born on that holy night in Bethlehem. Not just for you and for me, but all of mankind. And you get to be a part of changing their life forever. You know, whoever wrote the lessons for the Teen Challenge program, I owe my life to. Because in there it asked me the question, do you want to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? I think his name was Dave Batty maybe, was it? Yeah. And I thought, yeah, why not? Tried everything else. Still haven't got my answer. Maybe this is it. And guess what? It was. And we get to pass that on. So I want to encourage you this morning to be a part of God's plan, part of his strategic plan, his peace plan and be in cooperation and partnership with him and extend that peace, extend that lifeline to your family and friends. You know, Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 says, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. God calls us to shine our light. And this church is a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. It's a word spoken over this church and it will continue 
His word doesn't return void. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for your word this morning, Father God. I thank you that you sent your son Jesus, that you had a plan for all mankind to restore peace back to humanity and to this earth. And I thank you that we've entered into that shalom, wholeness, completeness with you, Lord. Right now, just while we've got our heads bowed, I just want to give anybody an opportunity if you've not entered into a personal relationship with Jesus or if you're so way off the path that you want to recommit this morning. If that is you, I want to give you an opportunity this morning. If you put your hand up in the air and we'll just pray a simple prayer. It's anyone this morning. We're just going to pray all together. Lord, I thank you that you sent your son to die on a cross for me, to restore peace into my life. I ask that you forgive me my sins, wash me clean, and today I choose to live for you. Amen. If you prayed that for the first time, I'd love to have a chat with you and and pray with you. just going to pray for the rest of us now. God, I just pray where there's needed healing, Lord God, where there's needed restoration, where there's needed reconciliation, Lord, I thank you that you're a miracle working God. And I pray that you come into those areas and those relationships and those places, Lord God. I pray for those that have been pushed off the path just by small steps, and they found themselves somewhere where they don't want to be. I pray that today is the day for repentance and coming back to you, Lord God. I commit everyone into your care, Lord, particularly over this Christmas period, Father. And that we wouldn't hide our lights, but would shine bright and share with our family and friends, our co-workers, people on the street, that Jesus is the answer. We pray for boldness, Lord God. We have the gifts within us, Lord, but we're asking for boldness, Lord, as a church, to reach out, Father. And we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Thanks, Mel. How good was that? That was such a good word, Mel. Thank you. I was really challenged to, uh, with, with just by Mel saying like she owes her life to that guy, you know, like you just think, how, what's the knock-on effect of that man's ministry? And he's actually the same guy whose work that I, I reconnected with God through. And then I think like, you know, we look at our friends and families that don't know God, so like you could be the key to a family changing, to a legacy changing, to a generations changing. I just think... Uh, it's something that I want us to be really aware of as we come into the Christmas, these, these next two Christmas services we've got, is this is a time where people are really open to coming to church. Like, um, I was hearing some stats this week, it was saying that 80% of people said they would actually go to church if someone invited them in Australia. So that's, you know, just a, you know, we, don't, don't worry about feeling awkward about it. It's actually, most people are actually would 
they'll be okay with it and come and hear the gospel preached and who knows their life might turn around might find that peace that melissa was talking about um we're just going to close the service now if anyone uh, wants prayer for anything melissa would love to pray with you if that word ministered to you or you got um any health problems or anything we'd love to pray with you um we've got ice creams guys we have ice creams we thought right it's heating up we're going to combat the heat destroy the works of the devil we're gonna <laughs> we've got ice cream uh and if come check out the giving table out there the missions table um and stick around for some tea coffee and invite someone to church over this christmas period uh, grab an invite card off the back and just invite someone what's the worst they can do say no What's the, what's the most that could happen? It could change their entire family. Amen. Hey, bless you guys. Have an amazing week. And stay safe, drive safe, stay cool, and get an ice cream. <laughs>